2: went down to Egypt land to let God's people go. So God outstretched his mighty hand when the Pharaoh told him, no, no, no. stick, and he threw it down, cause Pharaoh wants a magic show. It turned to a snake, and it crawled around, but the Pharaoh still told him, no, no, no. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses went down to the river Nile and put a stick into the river a while. Now blood would flow where the water used to go, but the Pharaoh still told him, no, no, no. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. So God sent frogs and bugs and boils and hail from out of the sky. But the Pharaoh says, no, you still can't go. So the firstborn children had to die. Moses Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. open for me. Moses led his people out of slavery and marched right through the sea. The Pharaoh sent his army right after the slaves, but his army ended up under the waves. Blah,
1: blah, blah, blah.
2: Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. Moses led his people through the parted Red Sea. You open for me. Oh, you open for me.
1: singing is such a great way to praise the lord we'll do some more singing in a few minutes now let's get back to our continuing bible story from the bible and living sound <laughs>
3: It is written, seeing that we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin.
1: Mother, some of the local scribes and elders are here. They wish to talk to you and Father. Ask them to come in, Jesus. Yes, Mother.
3: Elders and scribes, to us, us. What about, I wonder? Greetings and salutations. Welcome to our humble abode. Uh, Won't you please come in and be seated? Thank you, Joseph. Uh, We would like to uh, talk to you and Mary alone. Of course, gentlemen. Uh, Jesus, go outside and uh, we'll call you when you may return.
1: Yes, sir.
3: Has Jesus done something wrong, sir? He was rude to us. (laughs) He most certainly was. I'm surprised, gentlemen. Jesus is usually gentle and unobtrusive That's what we thought Yet when we attempted to teach him the maxims and traditions Handed down through the ancient rabbis He asked for authority in holy writ Asked us A mere child demanding that we give him authority for our teachings He went even further than that Oh yes, he came right out and said that he listens to and obeys every word of scripture But he would not obey us Have you talked to Jesus about Yes. We most certainly <laughs> well, we told him that we could not tolerate being told by a mere child what we are to do or believe. We explained very thoroughly that this is our duty to explain Scripture, and that it is his duty to accept our interpretation and instruction. Now, well, certainly you, as his parents, must realize that we cannot tolerate his opposition to our word and authority. Did Jesus rebuke you?
4: ...talk crossly or defy you. No,
3: no, no, Mary, your son is very meek. Uh, he merely uh, uh, quoted scripture. Well, his exact words were. It is written, Every word of God is pure. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. That is in the scriptures, isn't it? Oh, that is not the point, <laughs> Joseph. Your son's refusal to conform to the rights and regulations brought down from time immortal is a reproach to our authority and integrity. Well, if we permit this uh, rebellion, especially from a mere child, it will disrupt our entire system of rites and ceremonies, perhaps even disgrace our concept and worship of God himself. And <sighs> well, I'll have a talk with Jesus.
4: I'll talk to him. Please.
3: All right, Mary. Now make him understand that he has to conform to the rights of the Lord. Jesus,
4: my son, the scribes and elders who were just here complained. I mean they that they don't agree with the way you refuse to abide by their instructions and their interpretation of Scripture.
1: Mother, may I reply by quoting Scripture? The word of God, my son, cannot be wrong. In reply, then, to the complaint, may I say, it is written, Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived. Ye shall lay up God's words in your heart and in your soul, and ye shall teach them to your children, and speak of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. My heart rejoices,
4: and I am exceedingly glad, my son, that you look to your heavenly Father for instruction in righteousness.
5: Jesus, my son,
4: I understand that some of the young people of Nazareth, yes, and even your brothers, treat you with scorn and contempt. Why do you allow it?
1: My dear mother, it is written, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. And so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at one 800 634 0234. That's one 800 234 Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
4: If your feelings get hurt and your toys fall apart, raining out there, I want you to know I care, I care, I do, there's no one like you. When they take you someplace and you sit in a chair, I want you to know I care. tell a big lie and cause a bad scene when being grown up is a faraway dream when they're filling your teeth and cutting your hair I want you to know I care I care I do there's no like you I mention your name when I'm saying my prayers I want you to know I care When you have a bad cold <coughs> and you can't go out When you're sick for a week with that thing in your mouth you sleep in the dark And there's something out there I want you to know I care I care I do There's no one like you When sometimes you act Like a you'll bear I want you to know I just love you too much.
6: Okay, voice recorder on. Mm -mm. This is Kim again with my daily diary for health class. I'm supposed to say what I did today to keep healthy. Well, today I slept. No, I didn't sleep during the day because I was at school and my teachers don't like students sleeping in class. No, I didn't sleep during lunch break because today was curry rice day and I love curry rice. And no, I didn't sleep during band practice because I had a clarinet solo and my band teacher knows the difference between a clarinet and snoring. Although sometimes my clarinet sounds very much like snoring. I slept last night. I went to bed early and didn't wake up until my brother Carlos ran into the wall this morning. He does that a lot, especially when he's playing with our dog, Alexander. No one can sleep through that. Sleeping is important to my health because if I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm all tired and grouchy the next day. I can't concentrate in school and my grades go down. This makes my mom and dad upset because I'm supposed to be the smart one in the family. Carlos could be the smart one in the family if he'd stopped running into walls. To make sure I get a good night's sleep, I relax in the evening and don't do stuff that would keep me awake, like eating a lot of food or exercising very hard right before I go to bed. I read a book or listen to my favorite music for a while. Then I say goodnight to everyone and drift off to dreamland. I love sleeping. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm going to do right now. Goodnight. God has
0: given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on Earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Nikki
1: I know lots of people who feel that they can't make a difference in the world for Jesus because they think they're not important enough or that they don't have much to give. But
3: everybody can make a difference when we let God take control. The Bible says that we need to let our light shine before others so God will be glorified. So
1: if you feel insignificant, don't hide your light, even if it's small will make a big difference with Jesus you
7: feel like you can
0: Remember
5: and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Out of the Blue by John F. Jessel. Mom swung hard, but the ball dropped behind her. Hooey! I yelled. The breeze from that one cooled me off way out here in the outfield. From the pitcher's mound, Dad said, Great cut, dear. If you'd have connected, that ball would have sailed into orbit. She laughed. All I need to do is send another high fly over John's head. He needs more dance practice. She was teasing me about an earlier hit. Backpedaling to catch it, I jostled our bird bath. Some ballerina-like moves saved the seat of my pants from grass stains and my shirt from a soggy feather shower. Who said backyard wiffle ball was safer than bungee jumping? While Mom bent to retrieve the ball, I fixed my cap to shade my eyes. The late afternoon sun had slipped lower, so seeing a ball hit toward me was getting hard. I didn't mind much. The sun was in my eyes, was always a good reason for missing pop-ups. And sometimes it was even true. I glanced back at Mom. She'd picked up the ball, but she hadn't tossed it to Dad. She just stood there, frozen like a statue. Before I realized that something was wrong, she dropped the ball and bat, threw her hands to her cheeks, and screamed. Dad scrambled toward her. Honey, what? What? he yelled, his voice scratchier and higher than I'd ever heard it before. Then I was running, too, so fast that my cat flew off. She's sick, I thought. Stories of sudden death from natural causes filled my head. Choking, heart attacks, strokes. Fear squeezed my chest. Dad reached her just before I did. She'd now fallen to her knees, and I hoped that was a good sign. Still, her face was pale and her breath came in deep gasps. ''Tell me, tell me!'' my father shouted, trying to pry her hands from her cheeks. His urgency seemed to take effect. She slid one hand to her throat and pointed over our shoulders with the other. ''Look!'' she rasped. ''It's crashing!'' ''It? What?'' Dad spun around to look behind him. ''Oh, no! No!'' I turned and looked. Two men were floating to earth beneath their parachutes. They looked small, almost toy-like in the distance, and then I noticed a third shape in the sky, a thing growing larger by the second. "'It's their plane,' Mom said. "'They've bailed out. It's crashing.' I looked at Dad, half expecting him to burst into laughter and tell her that they were skydivers, and the plane heading our way was his buddy, Art's. Art loved to fly low over our house and dip a wing as a hello to Dad.' I looked back at the plane. It was much closer now, and much lower, streaking toward us like a bullet. What I heard was not the buzz of a Piper Cub, but the shriek of a jet. It looked like a shiny-scaled bird of prey hunting anything stupid enough to stand in its path. Dad grabbed me by the shoulder and Mom around the waist. Let's run, I screeched over the howl of engines that were roaring like hurricane winds. We can't beat it, Dad yelled. Just get down. He pushed me to my knees hard, then to my stomach. He brought mom down too, then fell between us. Put your arms over your head. I already had. In seconds, the jet's noise doubled, then doubled again. The thing was nearly upon us. My heart fluttered like a trapped butterfly. I was too scared to find words to pray. Jesus, dear Jesus, was all I could muster. And then the jet's roar built to what seemed like a thousand hurricanes. Suddenly, I couldn't overcome my desire to face the beast. I looked up. I wasn't the only one staring toward the roar of death. Both Mom and Dad had focused on the sleek-winged monster streaking so close to our backyard maple that twigs shook and leaves fell in its slipstream. Glittering metal and a perfectly white star inside a circle of blue flashed over us in ear-numbing, bone-rattling noise. And then I was looking into the jet's black exhaust ports. It missed us, Dad! I shouted in elation mom's voice brought me back to reality but it's heading toward the school son pray for them she meant the band we'd heard them in after school marching practice while we'd played ball they'd have little chance to escape the screaming monster descending from the blue again my mind numbed but mom's voice sounded strong against the softening jet roar please lord let it miss the school please let it fall where it will harm no one Two seconds after Mom's prayer, the jet's nose turned skyward. The plane seemed almost to stand on its tail in a steep climb. My mouth dropped. Autopilot, Dad said as a new roar hit our ears. Please, God, please, Mom repeated. Now the jet broke its climb, then dipped sharply earthward. No sound came from its engines. The sudden quiet seemed more terrible than the earlier roar. It stalled, Dad said. Now it'll drop like a stone the jet plummeted behind a grove of trees and for a second I thought I'd dreamed everything then a thunderclap and a cloud of black smoke rising from behind the tree line told me my nightmare was far too real mom turned to dad her eyes questioning fearful he bit his lip and shook his head she closed her eyes and prayed aloud help them Lord the wail of sirens filled the late evening air as emergency vehicles from all across town sped to the crash site Our kitchen echoed with neighbors jabbering excitedly about their actions as the jet roared into and out of our lives. Like mom, many had prayed for their deliverance and the safety of others. Even now, some prayed aloud for people at the crash site. Dad's radio blared updates on the crash. By nightfall, a newscast grew specific. The jet had missed the school, but a small grocery store had been hit. Its cement block walls lay in rubble. A few shoppers had escaped unhurt. "'Others were feared, trapped. "'Quiet descended upon the kitchen "'as our neighbors fell into whispered prayers. "'I soon drifted asleep to the sound "'of the news anchor's voice. "'The next morning, the first thing I heard "'when I woke up was the sound of a radio interview "'with the pilot. "'I put it on autopilot, then ejected,' he was saying. "'The bird should have banked away, "'but it headed toward the town. "'I don't know why. "'But then neither do I know how it dropped into a city "'without causing any injuries.' For a second, I thought the newscaster would correct the mistake. No injuries? But the pilot went on, uninterrupted. Was it true? The pilot said, All I thought about on my way down was that we needed a miracle. Well, one came, though I'm not sure how. I grinned when I heard that. I thought about Mom's first prayer and the plane's last second acrobatics. I thought about my neighbors telling about similar prayers and of hearing still more prayers in our kitchen that night. And then I thought, yep, we got a miracle. But Mr. Pilot, I think I have an idea how it came about. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled
0: by Randy Fischel children come. Don't dare drive them away. In them the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Please let the children